Welcome to Epic Catharsis. Welcome back to EC, the show where an expert. Hi, I'm Tyler and his in-law. Hi, I'm Kelly. Talk about storytelling do's and don'ts and how they can lead to catharsis. And along with us today, we are joined by my twin sister, Tyler's wife. Hi, I'm Christina. Christina's here today to share some of her epic opinions on what our topic is for today. And our topic is talking about romances. Today is Valentine's Day. And so we're going to be doing a rankings episode on three each of our favorite romances. Now, these might not be our top three but they're three of the most memorable to us, and we can name, you know, a hundred more each, but these are three of our favorites. All right. Who wants to start? Uh, guests first, maybe? All right, I can do that. So my first one today will be... Hmm, which one do I want to go with first? Um, Let's go with Percy and Annabeth Chase from the Percy Jackson series. So these are two of my favorites, and one of the reasons is because you really just get to watch them grow throughout the book series. So you start off with Annabeth Chase being like, wow, you've got drool on your face, and it kind of starts off rocky. They're not really even friends, and then they go on quests, and they just continue to grow stronger as demigods, stronger as friends, and then their relationship starts to build, and there's tension there, and then... Finally, you get to, like, the last book, and, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to do this, and you have the kiss, and everybody's happy, and it's great, but then you have the extension of the series, The Lost Hero, where their relationship continues, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. And that's an interesting one, because for a book series, usually you just get the 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 romance builds up and you get to it but then when you get those extra series the lost hero and stuff you can you can read a little bit more of how the romance progresses and later on and how they deal with more issues and stuff so i think that's that was a good one to bring up yeah it's why it's i like it so much as well because not only do you just finally get to that point where you can call it a relationship but you, then you get more like you always want in everything else like you know you get a hallmark movie you get to the end of the movie Oh, sparks fly, they kiss, and then the movie ends. But with this, you get the extension, and you get to see even more. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, so, shall I go next? It's all you. Okay. Um, well, mine, my three are kind of like, before the romance has happened, the romance has happened, and then, like, the romance has been happening. For a while. But I think I'm going to start with the, the last one, where this is sort of another one like Annabeth and Chase, where there was romance, and that's how the story started, with Wesley and Buttercup in The Princess Bride. Princess Bride, one of the best stories ever. Classic. It's so funny. I'm talking about the movie, not the book. It's the most quotable movie of all time, also. It... He's only mostly dead, but um, it's so funny. But I love it so much because it feels 
I mean, it's clearly fantastical, but it feels like it has an element of realism to the relationship where there's, you know, there's that honeymoon phase where they fall in love and all this stuff, and then real life happens, and Wesley has to go away, and Buttercup has to do her thing, and they meet, and it's, I mean, it's, like, destined by fate, but also, like, they kind of give each other a lot of shit sometimes, and I just, it's just wholesome. It's just funny and classic and wholesome, and that's why I love it. It's like over-the-top sarcasm, but you, when you watch them ride off into the sunset together with a kiss at the end, you feel like the little kid on the bed saying, yeah, you can read the kiss. I'm, 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 I want it. You know, I, I want to feel that love. See, but you have Buttercup and Wesley, and then you have, then you have the friends who are shipping it as well, so it's even more fun. It's so fun. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I love that movie. So the first one that I actually want to talk about might... I think this is my number one of all time romance. And it's one that really, going back, got me into storytelling and stuff. And this has to deal with Nightwing and Barbara Gordon or Batgirl. And... Now, there's a lot of controversy about it due to the fact that Nightwing has been with several different partners in the comics, with his most notable being Batgirl as well as Starfire. And there's a lot of fans that believe that Starfire is the best, and they're entitled to their opinion. And for me personally, it's Batgirl. Um, Even the first time they ever teamed up in Detective Comics number 369, you know, without Batman, they went on their solo adventure and stuff, all the way up to... What I think is the penultimate issue between the two of them, it's Birds of Prey number 8, 1999, and it's entitled On Wings. It's this, what I love so much about this character, this this issue like encompasses everything. So during this, this was after Barbara Gordon got shot by the Joker, she's paralyzed, and she's basically kind of giving up. She doesn't know her place in society anymore, and... Nightwing takes her back to his old circus where he grew up, Haley's Circus, and he helps her onto the ropes up top and he swings around with her, gets her out of the wheelchair, and helps her get that free feeling. And just, it's his, his love is professed not by some big, huge act of romance of look how great I am, here's a flowers, here's a ring, all this stuff. No, he focuses all on her and he wants her to feel wholesome again. And uh, to me, that's true love, and it just has solidified their place as my number one. Your number one would be a comic book character. Well, of course, that's what you know got me into most storytelling. <laughs> that's fair. All right, Chick, what you got? All right, round two. So I think I'll go with my fun one next. So I didn't think about this until right before we started recording, and then I couldn't not do it. So my next one is Joseph and the Queen of Genovia, because oh my god, why not? <laughs> From Incredible. the Princess Diaries too, right? I uh, the Princess Diaries one and two. That's right. So you have Joe. This he's the security guy. You know, he takes care of whatever needs taken care of. He literally is the queen's, like, right-hand man. Will do anything for her. And, you know, he's, like, just 
laying low, loving her from afar. But then we get to the second movie where there's an opportunity. And he takes it, professes his love for the queen. She's like, you know, in the back of my mind, I really know I love you, but like, I'm the queen. I don't think I can do this. But at the end of the movie, she does it, and it's amazing. So, yeah, that's my number two. Gotta love it. That was so good. I didn't see that coming even a little bit, but it's so perfect. And for those of you in the audience who don't know Christina, those movies are like her security blanket. Whenever she doesn't know what to do with her life, she sits down and watches The Prince's Diaries. You know what? You're having a bad day. Princess Diaries will make you feel better. You're right. It's like a cup of hot chocolate in movie form. Alright, my next one is um, from one of my favorite wholesome anime. It's a romance anime. It's called, in English, it's called Snow White with the Red Hair. Oh, and amazing. I know, it's so good. Make more seasons! Make more seasons! But anyways, um, so it follows Shiri Yuki and is it, it's Zen, right? Yes, Prince Zen. I always mess up the names in anime because they're not in English, and that's on me. But anyways, so Shiri Yuki and Zen, they kind of bump into each other, and Shiri Yuki is like, you rude. And Zen is like, I know I'm better than you. And then they just kind of... It's not exactly what happens, but it's kind of what it feels like at first. And then you get to know both of them and how sweet they are. And it's just such a wholesome, natural romance that doesn't take away from the merits of either character. Like, the romance is the main plot, but the characters have depth and growth and are great because of who they are, not who they are in each other. And, you know, it's just so sweet and innocent and untainted romance. It is. It really is. So that's why it's my uh, it's my number two. And I'm not going to spoil anything about it, but I want you all to go watch it because it's delightful. I've got a really controversial topic here. Oh, God. So when it comes to Harry Potter, I am not a fan of Ron and Hermione. So I'm going to talk about this just for a quick second. And shout out to my friend Andrew for bringing this to my attention, the right way to word this. You guys can check him out on Instagram at, M- at MVP Andrew. He's the team manager for MVP Disc Golf team. But when it comes to Ron and Hermione, the problem that I have with them is that the romance of the the awkward side character who gets with the, the perfect nerdy girl and everything... That's uh, that's a great love story for the real world, but it doesn't always translate well to the fiction side or to storytelling. And the way that the stories were made, it, it it's built up like she like Hermione should have ended up with Harry. However, the best romance in Harry Potter, without a doubt, in my opinion, is Harry and Ginny. And the reason for this is that. Harry was a very complicated character. He's having to deal with so much with being a horcrux, having to deal with Voldemort, basically living in his head for almost his, you know, his entire adolescent life until right there at the end of the book of book seven. So he's basically having this daily trauma of everything that's going on. And the only 
person who can really connect with him on that level and understand where he's coming from is Ginny. And I say this because in the second book, in Chamber of Secrets, when she gets a hold of Tom Riddle's diary, she gets Tom Riddle, which is, you know, Voldemort, in her conscious, just kind of like how Harry is. Now, obviously, he's not living in her head, but with the book of the diary, she's being influenced by him, and she's she's experiencing this this trauma that Harry has to deal with his whole life. So if there's anybody who can truly understand where he's coming from on a psychological level, it's Ginny. And I think that if that was explored a little bit more in the books, I would have enjoyed that. But I do like the romance that they got. And I think that for that aspect, they were the best to end up together. And I love those two together. And I, 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 I just think that those are the best romance within the books you know i can concur with that and let me preface this by saying i am a huge harry potter dork and it was touched on in the books actually they did talk about how harry and Ginny kind of had that connection because of voldemort and the trauma they endured because of him but also let's talk about how Ginny was in love with harry the whole time and then they had this thing to connect over and then finally harry like starts to realize like Oh, Jenny's a girl. We're friends, but she's kind of cute, though. And then it just kind of builds, and then you get this massive tension build up in the sixth book, and then finally, with a little help from Felix Felicius, you know, and a good Quidditch win, sparks fly, they kiss, and, you know, it just is happily ever after from there. Actually, not really, because they kind of break up at one point, but that's besides the point. I think the best couple in the series are Arthur and Molly Weasley. I'll die on that train. And there are a lot of great couples in the series. That just is the one that I kind of feel is the best, and I feel that they have a deeper bond than what some characters could have had in the series. For sure. I don't think anyone can disagree with you there. Alright, so this brings us to round three, right? So, I saved the best for last, and my last... But not the least favorite couple is Carl and Ellie from Up. Because to me, this is just the epitome of classic love. You have childhood friends who grow up, they fall in love, they get married, they face adversity. But all while all this stuff is happening, there's no doubt in your mind that they completely and wholly love each other. And then... After Ellie dies, you still have Carl, who's just depressed and upset, but he lives his life for Ellie, so he completes their lifelong dream, and that's just awesome. I think Pixar did something really special with that movie, because the catharsis and the cathartic feeling that you get with, what is it, 14 minutes in the beginning of the movie? That's all it takes. It's all it took. They were, that was incredible. That's just such a great movie, and if you haven't watched it, go do it. It'll put a smile on your face. After you cry. Yeah, that, that sequence where you get to watch their relationship in basically just a couple minutes, it's it's called a montage. It's done in lots of different films and TV shows and stuff to show quick passing of time, but it's perfect to be able to show so much emotion in so many scenes, and the way they do the colors and the music and that those images and the short little periods of their life is is really impactful and 
honestly, what I wish you guys would do is to go rewatch the, that montage, that couple minute scene of their relationship, and watch the colors. It's the symbolism of the hill as well. Oh, yeah. There's so many great elements to it that work. There's a million different metaphors and how, like, all his things are square and all her things are circular and all his things are very dull and all her things are very bright and whimsical and colorful. It's just, it's so good. But, you know, despite their differences, that didn't stop them from being in love. Oh, so sweet. All right, I guess this brings us to my last one. And this is more of a hope than something that is actually confirmed. But my last one... I'm hoping it's confirmed in Breath of the Wild Part 2. My last one is Zelda and Link from the Zelda franchise of video games. It's not confirmed yet after all this no. time? It's all fan no. fiction. Well, it's not necessarily like, oh my god, it's so hinted at. And okay, spoiler alert for those of you who have not beat Breath of the Wild, if you get all of the memories in the game... And then there's a bonus memory. You go get that one too, the 13th memory. At the end of all that, you unlock a special cutscene after you defeat Calamity Ganon where Zelda looks back at Link and she gives him this creepy-ass smile that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) But then she runs, the camera like pans out and she runs at him and it looks like they embrace. But you can't really tell what they're doing. And then they start walking away or something. But I just, like, I need Zelda and Link to happen. Because it's so perfect. You have this hero that throughout history is, like, reincarnated into this cycle of saving this girl. But she's not helpless. She's a badass And it's just, I need it to happen. All well, of she, you who think Zelda belongs... Her, though. They save the world together, which is what makes it so nice. In the beginning, it really was a, a bit of a damsel in distress story. That's but fair. In Breath of the Wild, it becomes more... It 50/50. does. And, like, in Twilight Princess, too. Um, even in Skyward Sword, actually, a lot of the later games, Zelda and Link were sort of a part of a team, and both of them were needed to defeat whatever evil was happening. But there's so much history there over all these games after so many years. There's just... I need my hopes to, to be rewarded nintendo link deserves it please please also for those of you who think link belongs with mifa y'all are toxic and i hate you that's all i'm gonna say i'm just kidding you're not toxic and i don't hate you but you're wrong (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say about it come at me wait Zelda's the one you play with on the sword, right? No, don't go there. I will smite you. We'll rage quit your microphone. I did just have to learn this. I played Breath of the Wild as my first Zelda game, so it was a big learning curve for me to get into the franchise. But I you're love welcome. It. But anyways, all right, Tyler. Romance number three. So it's hard for me to say where this couple truly ranks on my list of all time because... If Nightwing wasn't there at number one, this one is probably going to be my number one. And so I I guess it has to be number two. There's so many great ones out there. But this is going to be super, super cliche. But I absolutely, absolutely love the relationship in Pirates of the Caribbean between Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner. (laughs) That eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I just... I don't know why I didn't see this coming. 
Tyler's a huge fan of Pirates of the Caribbean or Caribbean. Ever since I saw these movies, the the, the chemistry that Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley have together on screen, well, you could you could see it like it's just palpable. It's it's so great, and I love the romance in the first movie because Will's whole character arc is just about trying to save the girl. I mean, it's a very classic motive, but not only does she not need to be saved. But she goes and has to end up saving him. And I think that it was is really fun and played around with. They have a very up and down relationship, trying to understand each other and where they fit into the world. And it's, it's very relatable, I think, to our day and age of, of college kids, high school college kids who are trying to jump into the world, have no idea where they are, what they want to be with their life, you know, and they just, they have to try to find a way to make it work and trying to work through that in a relationship is hard and most people can't get through it, but they're able to make it work. And the scene where they have the marriage on the third movie on the ship, I don't know. I think it's one of the best marriage scenes of all time. It was good. It was really good. And then when you get to the last movie and there was a lot of things I didn't like about dead man, tell no tales, the new parts of the Caribbean movie that came out. But the one thing that I absolutely loved about it was that the cameo right there at the end of it, where Will finally comes back on the shore. He sees Kira. They get to play their theme music, and she runs into their arms. And I cry every single time. I am not afraid to admit it. <laughs> I absolutely just, I just love those characters. It's the happy ending we all wanted to see. Exactly. And, you know, even if the movie didn't really do that well, like, they really hit it out of the ballpark with the conclusion of that relationship. And I just think that it was, it's a perfect little story. I will say, though, one thing I think we can all agree on, ladies, get you a man who treats you the way Gimli treats Galadriel in Lord that, of the Rings. That is, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Except for Kelly, because she has her dog, Stan, and she needs no yeah. man. Stanley's all I need. What are your favorite story relationships? Let us know. Let us know if you agree or disagree with anything we had to say, except for the Link and Mifa thing. If you disagree with that, you're wrong. We want to thank Christina to come on this episode, given her opinions. I do try, and you don't have to agree with my opinions, but I think they're pretty good. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Catharsis. Check us out at our website, www.epicatharsis.com. Or you can check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought. We'll be back Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Okay, bye! Okay, bye.